Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, hello. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Oh, how's it going? I am good. I swear you look a vision in pink. I wish everyone could see you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not like one of those people who knows like skin undertone colors, but I'm just gathering that like pink is your color. I don't know. One of my friends, she had her colors done, which is where you go and see this lady and she kind of <laughs> tells you exactly what you should wear. And she got like a little swatch book and everything. Oh, I really want to do it. Um, oh, because I do think there are certain colors. I wore um, a ready pinky dress the other week and I got so many positive comments about oh, it. So clearly that's one of my colors. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, you're looking a vision. How are Thank you doing? You. Oh, I've been super tired actually. I've um, I've even missed yoga this last what? kind of coming week. I know it's not <sighs> like me, but you know sometimes you just got to listen to your body and go. Do you know what? I just need like a week oh. where I do nothing, and I just kind of um, just say no to people. Like I was really practicing my boundaries then. It was great. Oh gosh. So it, does this have anything to do with the fact that the sun won't come out in Jersey and that the whole mm-hmm. the UK is under this like rainy wearing your jumpers kind of situation? Well, yes, potentially. I think that the weather does not help. I think also, I don't know if there's something going on with kind of like cycles or I don't mm. know. I don't know. Moon. I just know that it was time to listen to my body and not do very much for a mm. week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've embraced it. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's how, awesome. How about you? Well, I'm back from Greece, which is lovely, yeah. back in Toronto, back in the uh, in the Canadian seat, and uh, it is lovely. We had our little heat wave last week. I shouldn't be dismissive because it looks like it was the hottest <laughs> July on record ever recorded oh, wow. in the world, so it seems that, uh, but uh, yeah, oh, good, good to be back, and uh, yeah, so um, I'm moving mid-September, and so like this uh, last stretch in Toronto is all about um, packing up my things, sorting out my things, mm. selling my things, and I have every day about two to three uh, dates with Facebook Marketplace people who are uh, receiving the energy of my material earthly goods. Very good. Yes, yes. So it's feeling quick thought to get rid of things, I think. Oh, I tell you. It is amazing. It, <laughs> I've never done this before and it feels amazing. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yep. I'm really enjoying it. So I'm hopefully going down to zero. I think there's like dying with zero. There's a book. Um, <laughs> oh, did you, did you hear about it? No, but is oh. this, so is this where you get rid of everything? Is this like the Swedish death thing that yes. we talked about? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Much the same thing. Yeah. I think a large transformation in life, like a large move is like a miniature death. Because mm. you're saying goodbye to one chapter. Yeah. Those who believe that there are lives after this one would say that we're starting a new one when we die. Mm. So it depends on sort of your uh, spiritual views on things. But yeah, like so moving and getting rid of stuff, uh, getting yeah. down to zero. It's very yeah. cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Not sure my partner could ever do that. But anyway. Oh. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I remain hopeful. He does like day. his, his uh, sentimental his items. Stuff. Hey? His mm. stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> to each yes. their own <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely 
<laughs> okay, I am chomping at the bit. What is going on at the <laughs> at the ridiculous <laughs> dusk of love? At, at the, the relationship, at the relationship <laughs> dusk of love. <laughs> I genuinely don't think you'll think it's that ridiculous Ooh. this week. Oh In my fact, god, I'm I so think excited. you might embrace it. I have to say, Sarah, I'm just going to tell the listeners, um, mm. I got a little cheeky message from you like, guess what? I got some news <laughs> for you. And I've been like looking forward to this for days. Days. <laughs> I always like to tease you a little bit. Just oh, a I little love bit. it. I love it. I love it. I'm so in. <laughs> Makes the warm up better that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my news today is today, this very day that we are recording, so listeners, when you hear this, this time will have passed, but this does not mean that you can't kind of embrace and celebrate today, because today is National Orgasm Day. <gasps> oh! <laughs> Do you and remember that legendary scene from When Harry Met Sally? <laughs> oh, God, yes. No! <laughs> uh, this is wonderful, Sarah. This exceeded my expectations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go one, one further. So oh. I now also have some fun facts about orgasms to celebrate <gasps> National Orgasm Day. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, so this is based on some um, surveys that took place um, by Match in, with the Singles in America. So they surveyed 5,500 people. And here's some of the things that they discovered all in connection with orgasms. So here we go. I've got eight of them. People who smoke weed have more orgasms. That's fact, not myth? Really? Well, according to the survey, love. <laughs> I'm not saying whether this is fact or fiction. I'm just oh saying my according gosh. to this survey. I'm so surprised. Okay, okay. So it says pot smokers surveyed were 109% more likely to have multiple orgasms. Oh, interesting. You mean multiple at the same sitting? Yes. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So doctor in the house does not seem convinced by that. No, so I mean, it is true. People experience a heightened sexuality when they smoke. And sometimes actually, if I may say mm. for hyposexual, um, arousal disorder with women, actually like cannabis products can be quite effective for certain women who mm. have struggles with libido. And of course, libido is different than orgasm to some extent, but like, very interesting. I have... You've got to get started somewhere, right? You got to get started. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next one, being politically active pays off. People who were more passionate about politics had more multiple orgasms. <laughs> oh my God. Are you serious? I'm surprised because... In today's political climate, the more politically charged we are, the more angry and anxious mm. and rigid we are. So I see it as being antithetical to the relaxation state that is required for yeah. orgasms. What? Oh, I, I, I am shocked. <laughs> I am shocked. I'm shook. Right. <laughs> Get ready for the next one, as you've just referenced, Harry, Harry Met Sally. Faking orgasms isn't just something women do. 37% of men in the survey said they'd also faked orgasms. <gasps> my world is crumbling. What? 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 Oh my God, I'm heartbroken. What are you saying? I thought that was something we could rely on, but clearly not. I know. Oh my God, I'm having this flashback to all the like, wait, did you come? <gasps> oh no, oh no. I have a strictly um, no, no lying policy when it comes to that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What's the point? I mean, it's, you know, I'm telling you, I, I've been in scenarios where it would have been just easier to fake it. 
but it just it just sets up such a bad precedent. I really mm. have, and it's heartbreaking to think that, like, as you even mentioned this, I'm like, it's heartbreaking to think that some man might have been faking it with me. Like, that's terrible. <laughs> also hurts my ego. Like, I thought I was great. <gasps> you were faking uh, it? What? Anna's gone down a complete rabbit hole now. She's oh sitting there trying to... Um, I'm running... Just review her past relationships. I'm She's running, running dates in the past. Yes. yes I'm like, is. what? She <gasps> is. Back in 2014? <laughs> you lied. You lied to me. <laughs> I oh. tell you. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. It's got me shook. Get ready for the next one. Okay. Our parents are getting off more than we are. That is true. That is true. <laughs> People, we are living in a sick society. We're not here having Gen Z, poor, poor little ones. They're totally screwed. They're just not having sex. I know. I know. The boomers the good- are having more sex than us. For God's <laughs> sakes, guys. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. The good news is, though, if you're a redhead, apparently you've got a great... Closely oh. followed by blondes. Really? Yes. What about brunettes like me? Doesn't mention them, love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm dyed blonde, so I'm 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 playing in a different pool, anyways. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. And um, if you really want to get off, you've got to move to Miami. Oh, okay. Um, and then if you are a tech nerd, apparently you're doing something right. Oh. Okay, what? Because those who are in the tech industry are having more orgasms than any other profession. Ah, okay, okay. All right, (laughs) I have some questions, though, that may not be G-rated. I may have to keep my thoughts to myself. But uh, just kind of curious about where those (laughs) orgasms are coming from. Just saying, just saying. Yes. And finally, emoji flirting is good for your sex life. Oh, the eggplant emoji gets me every time the, the peach and the emoji and the eggplant oh so but what is wait what is this article thinking about before i go further down my eggplant emoji oh. wanderings what do you what do they mean by emojis so, so it says women who use the lips and kissing emoji have more orgasms with their partners so it may be time to ramp up your sexting i mean it is actually true okay as somebody who's very recently learned how to sext i know it's uh, a little bit late i'm a bit late to this party but like oh my god it just fires things up i don't even know how i don't even know what i was doing before sexting it's amazing for a relationship because it's it's part of like at, when somebody is at work, when you have a long distance relationship, when you're, when you're not in the same room, it's the way to really keep that spice and that energy and that mm. warmth between you guys. Um, I think like, I yeah, like, don't just be transactional about what are we doing tonight? Uh, did you pick mm. up the milk? You know, throw in some naughty emojis, maybe throw in a picture or two. So I th- <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. I think the moral of the story here is you've got to move to Miami. Yep. Be a redhead, work in the tech industry, be very politically active, use lots of emojis, <laughs> smoke weed, and you'll just have the best sex life ever. <laughs> oh, Sarah, you're awesome. Damn snap. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Let me move into Greece, love. You've got it all wrong. I know. Damn, what am I thinking? Oh, though, though, Greeks actually rival the Nigerians in terms of the highest satisfaction for sex highest sexual satisfaction they're very quietly doing something right (laughs) yeah they're highly sexually satisfied so i feel miami because i was there once i'm like man this city is just larger than life everybody there is just (laughs) loud and proud um 
which is cool. And, and I get it like, cause yeah, lots of stuff goes on in Miami, but I also like the understated places, which I kind of think Greece is so, but I will report Ooh. back cause I'll, I'll soon be an international correspondent, uh, from Athens. So I'll Good. let you know what's, what's going on in the, in the sex and love departments. Look forward to that episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my All gosh, right. Sarah. Okay. I'm ready for whatever life brings on our podcast next. <laughs> it's like what on earth is coming next? Oh, awesome. <laughs> Should we do a hot topic? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Today's hot topic. What have I done to make you like this? Oh, damn. <gasps> Oh, damn. Where do we start and where do we go? Well, indeed. indeed. Oh my gosh. Okay. I think this is quite a good follow on from the podcast that we did last week where, you know, we talked a bit about kind of, you know, what came before the thing. Mm. I think this is kind of like a bit of an extenuation of that, I would say. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about kind of raising your general consciousness and awareness within a relationship. And I think this hot topic really makes you kind of think about that. Uh-huh. Because if we, for me, when I think about this, I think about um, times when there's been kind of a shift in the relationship. Uh-huh. And you kind of notice something has, has changed, you know, something's off. And um, there's a tendency to ignore it and hope that it'll just kind of shift back again the other way. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we'll never have to wonder what that little kind of period of time was all about because we'll magically go back to the way things were. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Quite often, they don't magically go back to the way things were. Quite often, it never does, <laughs> never spontaneously. It's a fool's paradise to think that you can just put your head in the sand, folks. <laughs> and And something that really hits some triggers for me professionally and personally, is when one partner is like, there's something that's different. What's changed? What's wrong? Tell me. Mm. And the other person's like, what? Nothing's wrong. Everything is fine. (gasps) Terrible. Mm. Yeah. No. I think the other thing that comes up for me with this topic is around responsibility. So, Hmm. and this is something that's come up, um, you know, quite a bit recently with people that I've been working with is about this, this taking responsibility for who you are, Hmm. for the part that you play in your relationship. And, you know, if you almost flipped it on its head and said, this situation or this kind of shift, whatever it is that's happened, whichever kind of patch or stage we're in right now, it has to, if it has to have something to do with me, you almost kind of flip it where it couldn't possibly be anything to do with something that my partner's done. Mm. And I know that's not the truth, but if you take it to the absolute Mm -hmm. extreme, Mm. it really genuinely forces you to take responsibility for things that you may have done to contribute to this situation. Mm. It's the same thing as like, if there's a more than 0% chance that you had something to do with this, then what would your part in it be? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So what does this then, how, okay, sweet, state the statement one more time. Okay. What have I done to make you like this? Oh my gosh. (gasps) Ah, it's just tolerating, accepting, letting things slip and slide without communicating, not communicating Mm. our needs. Oh my gosh. Now, what's interesting is the choice of words here, like not to make you tolerate this, but to make you like this, not just to accept. So to make you like this, oh my gosh. So Mm. this is all about kind of like outcome. It's the kind of the symptom of something 
that has that has gone on before and a bit like kind of I suppose similar to what we we're talking about last time there's always a thing before the thing but this kind of takes it one step further and it's like what is the thing that I've done <laughs> mm-hmm. to create the thing you know we're in it we're in it there's been a shift there's an outcome there's a symptom mm. that's happening I can see an action or a behavior that maybe wasn't there before mm. that isn't kind of you know producing a happy healthy positive relationship that I want to be in Hmm. what have I done to make that happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's that sort of question and challenge to yourself um I was thinking about this a few, good, good few months ago now and I mm. can't remember the circumstance or the situation but there was something that happened between me and my partner and I was thinking okay what have I potentially done then to make this kind of situation arise hmm. and it really does help you to kind of reframe things in a such a way that you take responsibility and ownership for who you are and the part you play in your relationship mm-hmm. that otherwise you would say well what's wrong with my partner why is he or she doing this when they weren't before and why are they now behaving this way mm-hmm. you take full ownership oh my gosh I was actually speaking to my very good friend yesterday because I was hitting some triggers recently and it's reinforcing that the call is coming from inside the house and I need to do some work. <laughs> otherwise, I'll continue to create the same pattern relationship. And my friend was like, oh, you did nothing wrong. It was all your prior partner or prior partners. And I was like, well, you know, maybe they're 99.9% culpable. But like, <laughs> what about the 0.01%? That's me. Um, and it's funny how sometimes our friends are a little bit too forgiving of us. Like, no girl, you're awesome. I just saw a divorce cake just on social media just now, like literally (laughs) just now. I'm going to bring it up because it's just ridiculous. And it, and it drives on the point, right? Cause we're just so used to outsourcing. So there's a cake that says officially divorced and it shows like this husband and wife together with the, with the words problem. And then it shows the wife pushing the, the groom off the, it's almost like, you know, the groom and the bride on the top of the wedding cake. Oh yes. Yeah. It shows her literally just toppling him off and he's cascading off the edge of the cliff and it says solved. So problem, groom and wife together, solved. Wife pushes groom off the cake with a little script statement saying, and she lived happily ever after. I'm like, nope. No, she didn't. <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> she just went into another relationship. It was like, oh God, uh, yeah. same thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Too right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yes. Um, so let's just live in the land where more than 0% of the uh, reason why you're here in this place is has to do with something with you. How do you start to examine that? How do you take a good look at that? I think kind of tracing some steps back to look at, you know, what might have happened, what's occurred, what has been different in me, if anything, um, how it really is examining your own behavior Hmm. to then understand how might that have triggered something in somebody else or how might that have kind of sparked a change. um, And, you know, and if you really, really don't know, Hmm. like just kind of ask, just, you know, I've noticed that, this is the situation that we're in. What is it that I've done to contribute to us getting there? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. immediately you're not saying, like, what's wrong with you? Why have you changed? Why are we no longer doing X, Y, and Z? You're saying, um, I've noticed that something's different. Mm. It must have been me, so tell me what I've done. <laughs> Which, mm, 
it's a it's a little tricky because I, okay so uh, which a, a lot of people very justifiably have fears that if they come out of the gate saying it's me then that's committed to stone that their partner forever time will be like oh but no you said that was you remember uh mm. july 15th 2023 yeah you said that was you it's not me because you said it so the concern it's a i i will say it's a little dicey to I'm just wondering if there's other phrasing for that. Like, I know that part of this has to do with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can change the phrasing. Uh-huh. But I think the reaction that you're saying actually is a situation where you need kind of to hold your own boundaries at that point. So if there's something that's being played back to you that is just, mm. you know, not in a not in a way that it needs mm. to be, isn't healthy for your relationship, you say, no, hang on a minute, we're not going there. We are not doing this regurgitation of past oh. kind of arguments over and over again. This is not helpful to us. This is not teaching us anything. All we're doing is to revisit some past situations that weren't helpful in the first place. So I think mm-hmm. that when it, that's when it comes down to kind of boundary setting about, no, 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 we're not having this conversation. I, I think you're right there in that um, it is always toxic for somebody to play words back to you. Mm. That's, that's not a no-go. I mean, it's not to say that like, um, you can't say like, oh, hey, uh, before I, I heard you say that actually you prefer, uh, blue curtains, but now you're saying red. Did I get you correctly? Like, what did you mean back there? But like, oh no, you said that you were in the wrong and you're always, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, I mean, it is, listen, like we are defensive. We, and in fact, actually our modern society has taught us that, yeah, be defensive. Don't take no Mm. shit, right? Kick, kick your partner off their wedding cake and your life will be solved. (laughs) But you know, in everything, and I was even having a coaching call with somebody whose friend, friend of a friend told her some stuff, validated some stuff like, yeah, yeah, she's being a real pill. Um, but then this friend came in to say, yeah, but here's the role that I see you playing. And it was a bitter pill to swallow. She was being very Mm. honest to this, to my client. And part of it is true. It's not completely true, but there, it, it was very valuable to coach around. I was really grateful to my client to bring that piece of criticism Mm. because when somebody gives you criticism, it's not for their own health. They don't Mm. do it because it's comfortable. They do it because they care about you. Um, when your boss doesn't care, they'll give you a glowing rating because it just takes too much effort to give co- constructive criticism. And the worst thing that you can receive is like gold stars, 10 out of 10, you're doing great. Keep up the good work. Um, that's terrible if somebody doesn't invest in how could, how you could do better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what you're saying, this exercise is to sit in front of your partner and say, I've noticed this. Uh, it, I know I'm contributing. What do you think what do you see me as contributing? Because it's a lot easier yeah. to see the other person's contributions and faults. Uh, just like it's easier to uh, rub sunscreen on somebody else's back. Yeah. But I think that it can be often a nicer way to have a conversation because if we go into it, if we're trying to resolve a, a, a situation that's there and it's kind of, you know, not a kind of nice situation and we can't, we, we feel like we're kind of stuck in it, we can't get out of it, then actually starting from a positive note of you know I recognize that there'll be things that I'm doing that are contributing to this Mm, like can we talk mm. about it is much better than I've noticed things are there's something wrong with us like Mm. 
you know, tell me what it is kind of thing. It's kind of, you know, or or um, accusing somebody else. So if we go into something in that very kind of accusational tone of, you know, you've changed, like, why? Mm. Then that's really hard. Like, you are automatically going to be defensive in that. But if somebody kind of mm. says, look, I openly want to understand how I can be a better person in this relationship, mm-hmm. you know, tell me how I can do that, then... That is like a much nicer situation to be in. Mm. And you're more likely to get some kind of honest, um, you know, honest insight back that will probably be shared in quite a kind way because you start the conversation up in a kind way. Mm. Mm. That's, you know, it's coming from kindness and caring and, you know, I want it, I want to be a better person. Mm. Mm-hmm. That is so true. I, and that really ultimately... I want it, I want to be a better person. I want you to be able to be your best self. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. As you're receiving feedback, what can, I'm wondering if we can kind of impart some curious questions that can help you to receive the feedback in the most constructive and most gracious way. So what questions I should give to my partner? Yeah, as you're receiving feedback, because it's really hard to be either in a performance evaluation at work or in front of your partner hearing some stuff. It's really, really hard. So it's quite important to try and stay neutral and think the information that I'm being given, I may or may not agree with at that moment in time, Mm -hmm. but I'm interested to learn more. So, Mm -hmm. you know, saying things like, tell me more about that. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm can be really really useful to stay in that neutral zone and not then because again you know we can easily kind of jump to kind of actually deflection mode where we start to kind of bat away some of this and go no no hang on and this is because of that and then Mm. if you didn't do this then I wouldn't have done that but you know we've got to try and stay open and and curious and so asking questions like well tell me more about that well tell me what did that feel like Mm. and then to have some kind of understanding you know, if there is something where it's a difficult uh, message that you're hearing back and you have um, not intentionally made somebody feel a certain way, Hmm. you know, it can be then quite useful to just say, look, I'm really sorry, it can't be very nice to feel that way. That absolutely wouldn't be my intention. Wow. Okay. Okay. Just script, not scripting, but shaping some of the words around this Mm. can be really helpful to continue to keep that graciousness that you mentioned. Like Mm. it's a loving, it is, it is affection. It is uh, a feeling of optimism. It's a feeling of caring to be able to share things that help ourselves and our Mm. partner get better and, um, and be better and be stronger. And so keeping the language going through a conversation is really, really important. And not letting it devolve into accusatory, uh, again, bringing up the past, going for low blows. Remember, like, you are in a unique position to hurt your partner more than anybody else can hurt. Mm. And so be super careful with those weapons you hold in your hand. Yeah. Or in your tongue. Ooh, yes. (laughs) More appropriately with your tongue. And not in a good way, guys. Not the good tongue situation. Yes, completely. Yeah, just be super, super careful. Words. I mean, I know this because I've stepped in it. Like, you know, uh, we uniquely hurt our partners. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could talk a million miles about this, but uh, I'll stand down. Hmm. Well, I was going to say, if you hadn't had enough already, would you like a question next? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. 
question. Me and my future wife have a bedroom dilemma. We are both in our 20s and she has a strange obsession with my sticky out belly button. She likes to tickle and lick it and I'm quite self-conscious about it. What would you suggest? Oh, well, all right. Um, actually, you know what? And, and if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, I think I'm going to tune out because I don't have a really strange, anatomically strange belly button. So I think I'm just going to sit this one out. I mean... I don't know about you, but like this gets into the sort of the larger realm of when our partner does something annoying or fixates on a certain part of us that seems Mm. to be complimentary, but it's actually really annoying and maybe embarrassing. Mm. Um, I've done this plenty. Um, When a partner has said, I don't like a part of that body being touched, and yet I keep doing it (laughs) Mm. because I like doing it. And I don't really hear my partner when they say, I really don't like that. And I'm like, oh, sure you like it because everybody likes it. So... Mm. Yeah, where would you step off on this one? I think there's two things that really come to mind. I think one is, you know, along the lines of kind of what you were saying around, actually, if there's something that I just genuinely think isn't uh, pleasing, I'm not, um, I really don't like it, then that comes down to kind of boundaries. So it's boundaries about about touch, it's physical boundaries. It's kind of like, no, these these parts are okay, these parts are not okay. Mm -hmm. And then getting really, really clear on those boundaries. But the other thing that's coming up for me, and I don't know whether it's just kind of the age thing, is, um, you know, often there can be things that, that there's two things. So, you know, they're, they're relatively young in their 20s. And sometimes it can be quite embarrassing to have some of these conversations. So I'm wondering if some of it is not necessarily around kind of what they like or don't like and um, setting boundaries, but rather having a conversation or using kind of experimentation to work out a bit more about maybe what they might want to kind of enjoy your focus on in the future. So it might not be that it's just about kind of actually this is a this is a no-go area and that's just not what I want. It could just be that actually I feel a bit um, unsure about some of the things that we're doing and I maybe need a bit more care and to feel a bit safer in exploring some of those those aspects of our relationship Mm. oh i like this this stands in for larger vulnerability concerns yeah Mm. okay it's not just the belly button then is what you're saying well possibly not you know if that that could just be you know tip of an iceberg (laughs) or tip of a belly button (laughs) (laughs) embryologically it is (laughs) (laughs) so you know but it might be kind of like a wider spread kind of issue so my question would be is is this the only thing in your relationship where you feel kind of uncertain or unsure or um you know you're not really comfortable or are there other areas that maybe this extends to and in which case is it a slightly wider thing that you need to kind of focus on and give some more attention to to be able to kind of move beyond that mm-hmm. okay okay i mean i certainly um I mean, the fact that somebody is writing in means two things. Number one, that it's reached a certain point of annoyance or frustration. Mm. And it's maybe just representative of many things that, you know, this person writing in says, I try to make my needs met and they're being ignored. Mm. And the second thing is they need to write to us as opposed to telling their partner. So there's obviously not a constructive pathway for this communication to go down. Yeah. So two things are going on. Mm. something that's hard and we've talked about it before it's very hard if you've tolerated something for 5 10 25 years and then to mm. all of a sudden like 
you know, the thing that you've done and I never spoke up about, well, Mm. I really hated that thing the whole time. And Mm. that feels really hard to roll back or to kind of walk back. Mm. Um, But we do get to show up differently, even in long established relationships and say, look, you know, I know that you're used to me being a certain thing or having certain preferences, but actually either it's changed or I didn't really realize it at the time, Mm. or now I notice this thing's different. And actually I have a new set of wants, desires, interests, and boundaries. And things, we change all the time. Mm -hmm. The environment around us is changing. The influences that we have upon us are changing. Mm -hmm. We are changing as people, as we grow, develop, um, and change. And the the things that we like and don't like are going to naturally change alongside Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. We should always be in a position to say, actually, that's not my thing anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I know it once was, but actually kind of... um, you know, I'm moving on from that part of my life and that's no longer something that excites me or I want to take part in and I'm ready for something different. Hmm. Hmm. Every day you're in choice and every day you've got the ability to be able to communicate those choices and those wishes to your partner. That's very, very true. It's, you know, and with your partner, you hope to the majority extent that they will honor that, although it's very hard. Hmm. If it's your parents or your family especially in traditional societies, mm. kind of good luck. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, that's another thing. And I, I, I work with clients who uh, come from very traditional family structures and, mm. and part of them continuing to find a healthy balance, letting their yeah. boundaries be known. But some of it is mom's never going to change and she's yeah. always going to buy me that ugly jumper for Christmas or the bottle of alcohol when I am being dry because I have finally reckoned with my alcohol use disorder Mm. and they will not see me and my boundaries and my requests and certain people in your life will not. And, and that's, you know, a choice as to how close you stay with them. But with your partner, I think that's a, no, I think I know it's a reasonable expectation for them to keep their impression of you fluid. Just like we need to keep our impression of our partner fluid. We can't just say, oh, you're never going to change. You're going to stay the same. No. Yeah. We're always changing. Exactly. (sighs) Okay. Um, Being on the other side of that, um, I was, it it took me a long time and I didn't even fully program it when I was told, you know, that thing that you do, it really annoys me. Please stop doing it. I would freaking keep doing it for (laughs) the longest time. It's really hard because I forget. And so Mm. being on the other side of the question is that I need to be constantly reminded like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, remember, I don't like that. So I need to be coached. If I'm the the person on the other side of this, you know, it's not immediately that I can stop tickling somebody's belly button. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm assuming it's fun. Um, But yeah, I mean, but so being on the other side is do your best you know, you, you yeah. might slip back into all the habits, but really try to internalize what your partner is asking of you. Yeah. I, you know, it causes them to stress when you keep doing that. So mm. try not to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Indeed. All right. Oh, okay. Quite a week. Existentially challenging week. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I continue to tune in as I, you know, putting myself one foot in front of the other and I know our listeners are too so yeah yeah. it's the only way forward it's that big c word is communication indeed Mm -hmm. all right wow it's time to wrap up another week you've got it okay I'll see you on the other side of the next week 
Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.